the cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the, the green, green peak. peak with your host, Richard Zwicky. Excellent. And, you know, it's hemper.co and hemper.com, I believe, but hemper.com was started in 2015 um, to solve the issue. I think people, you know, to, I think, be a digital distribution for a lot of the gl- quality glass pieces that weren't easily accessible for people. Yes, uh, it was. Um, I originally started Hemper. So we were originally Hemper.co. We actually recently got Hemper.com. Okay. Uh, we acquired it actually this week. Um, but the original business uh, was a direct-to-consumer subscription service for smoking accessories. And okay. uh, I started basically a week after I graduated from college. Right. And I, I knew that there was a, uh, a monthly subscription business. And so you, you know, came out of college, immediately hit the market with that. Um, your subscription model, you know, people are, um, you know, we're receiving their bongs, bubblers. What were they getting? Yes. Yeah, so originally, uh, the reason why I started it was, so I was going to school in uh, DC at UW yep. and they're really the experience. And I'm sure you guys know, uh, walking into a, you know, a head shop or a smoke shop of some mm-hmm. sorts is a very, uh, odd experience. You know, you don't, you can't even call it the words that it is, you know, you kind of, you know, the owner, store owner is like saying, don't call it a bong, you know, it's a water pipe. Right. Yeah. So feel uncomfortable from get go and there were um not many options to choose from so uh, i was ordering papers and things off amazon and it was friends were coming over and being like hey can i just grab a pack of papers and i was running out so fast i was like all right there's got to be a business here right absolutely uh launched launched the subscription box uh may 1st 2015 literally week after i graduated from college it was filled basically a new glass piece, uh, one to three new cool gadgets, mm-hmm. accessories, and then some standard uh, preparation products. So rolling papers, pre-rolled cones, a grinder, you know, filter tips, a lighter, things like that. So right. it basically got everything you needed to get through the month or longer uh, and uh, all in a convenient package discreetly shipped to your door. And we weren't actually even the first ones to do this. Um, there were a couple companies doing this in the industry, but they were using a lot of um, uh, unbrand, like unknown brands, just kind of like right. tchotchke stuff. And I was a little bit higher end consumer, and I wanted a little bit, you know, cleaner accessories. You know, possibly get away from using weed leaves or Rasta colors over everything. Yep. And I just wanted more premium products, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be embarrassed if my mother or my grandmother or my girlfriend came over and saw this stuff on the coffee table, you know, I didn't want to have to like package it up and remove it every time someone came over. Right. So uh, we launched that uh, May 1st, 2015. And then uh, about six months into the business, we actually launched uh, a concept called guest curated boxes. Right. And this kind of led us into the celebrity world. So we, Originally pilot tested this with popular YouTubers at first, and there was a lady named Jane Drow. 
She had 20,000 subscribers on YouTube and she was advertising with a competitor box at the time. And I thought to myself, I was like, wait, all these people are watching her unbox this random box, right? What would happen if it was her box that right. they were unboxing? Yep. So you're you're watching you're watching her videos, you're listening to her all the time. What if you were unboxing her special limited edition box on your couch while watching her unbox it herself? Yeah, it very, be very meta experience. <laughs> and so we exactly. And so this is what originally catapulted the subscription service. So, like I said, we we start with. Uh, popular YouTubers in this kind of WeTube community. Uh -huh. And then we started branching out to more celebrities. And what we've uh, realized and what I've realized over the years that this industry does not discriminate. There's, uh, you know, athlete smokers, there's people in the beauty industry, people in the movie entertainment industry, you know, there, it, it's there's every spectrum, you know, everywhere, every walk everywhere. of life, right? Yeah, every spectrum. So the, the difference is really from today, from 20 years ago, people actually say, that they partake as opposed to denying it, saying they they yes. puffed but never swallowed, never uh, never breathed in, right? Right, right. Everyone's a hippie; they just don't know it. Yeah, so, never inhaled. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, this kind of led to. So we had, I think, before August of 2015, maybe a couple hundred subscribers, and this Jane Drow um, collaboration took us to about 1500 subscribers. So okay. three X our subscribers overnight. And then what this led, so this kind of created the snowball effect for the business. And right. what this led to was a very exciting next couple years, which was branching out into, okay, which athletes are going to work with, which hip hop artists, which rock stars, you know, uh, professional, you know, whoever, right? And so we started picking and choosing people. And the way we did this was we started um, like a celebrity seating program right. where we started just sending our products um, unsolicited uh, to these influencers. And essentially the way I always looked at it was I want someone to work with us who really likes the products. You'll sure. always get more out of them. They'll be way more genuine. And you'll possibly create a, an actual friendship with this person as opposed to just a business relationship, right? right. And I learned this pretty um, uh, early on that this industry, uh, you know, cannabis accessories and everything, it's a kind of commoditized, right? A grinder is a grinder is a grinder, right? But if it has a hemper logo on it and they like the hemper brand, they like the hemper product, they'll push it, right? So uh, it was about building long-term relationships and a lasting brand that created functional real products for these, you know, customers, you could say that's what they are. They are influencers, but they are customers at the end of the day as well. So we started, um, we started delivering these seating packages to them. And so we've worked with, um, you know, two chains and uh, Ty Dolla Sign and Foster Domus and um, Rico Nasty and mm -hmm. a lot of the um, uh, record labels actually started coming to us. You know, we work with Universal, we work with Warner, uh, and uh, 300 Entertainment, Atlantic Records, and they started approaching us to uh, merchandise their artists. And they started taking, you know, such an interest in liking into the products we were making for them, right. uh, for their boxes, that they wanted to start coming out with their own versions for concerts and things to sell at their own merchandise tables. Right. So it, it, it went, above, yeah, it went above and beyond where we mm -hmm. thought it was. It, it 
went out, it, it it took it from just in this little box in this one frame to now we're merchandising you know people for you know a, a world tour or a national tour or something like that and so that's what really catapulted uh the subscription box uh initially and the brand as well but i think at the end of the day what we recognize is that we develop real products that are functional and that people love right and so i guess it 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 worked. Well, and, you know, <laughs> to say the least. That's the thing, right? It it has to be something people really appreciate for them to keep subscribing. Um, you know, and on that, you've had subscribers now for six years. What percentage of your uh, current business? Because you know, I, I I know you've been growing it year over year on a consistent basis. What percentage? Because everybody has drop off. What percentage yeah. do you have on each given year? So. Uh, churn is an interesting term because people calculate it differently mm -hmm. and for our subscription box our average subscriber states consistently on for about four months right and that's where we see the initial mm -hmm. drop off mm -hmm. and but what we do is we uh incentivize by adding in extra items or further discounts or uh, limited edition products that only certain subscribers get access to that allows people to take a step back and be like, huh, you know, I'm getting an extra item. I'm getting $10, $20 worth more of product. Maybe I'm getting uh -huh. free shipping for my fourth month. And so we use a lot of these different tactics to keep people subscribed. But the interesting part is that you, the bongs, and this is the question I get every time, how many bongs do people need, right? And right. the answer is look at it, look at it at a different frame of like, how many pairs of shoes do you need? You really only need one, yep. right? But people buy hundreds. So the way we look at glassware and accessories is it's another sneaker market, right? So what started happening was we started moving away from the celebrity collaborations and we started moving more into themed packages and uh, customers, as much as they wanted to save their 30 bucks a month, we started coming out with so much amazing product, novelty themes, you know, gamer editions, uh, just really products that resonate, right? Cultural pop icon stuff, you know, that people were just like, you know, ah, oh, screw Hemper. God, I have to resubscribe because you know, it's just too good, you right. know? <laughs> and that's what we kept striving for, just delivering real product mix, uh -huh. true value, and the customer will stay, right? right. Absolutely. And as, long as, and, and as long as we keep delivering that exact customer experience, and if not a greater one, uh -huh. as they go down the line, we have them for life. And I always joke around and I say, every stoner knows 15 stoners. So <laughs> if you turn off, if, if you turn off one, you're kind of, you know, biting yourself in the butt, uh, to a lot of others. So yes, that's been a lot of the uh, evolution in the subscription service uh, just across the last six years. It's, we've seen so much movement, but we've developed over 300 SKUs. Yep. Uh, I like to say we're kind of like the Procter & Gamble of the industry. Uh, we've developed eight different in-house brands that we introduced through the subscription service. So right. the cool part well, is- Brian, let's, let's come into that in, back in a minute. We do have to take a short break, but I want to talk about 
the ex you know, expansion of brands, but also, you know, creating that experience and lessons that you've gleamed as you've gone along the way that are great for others who are, you know, along in different parts of the, the retail market. We'll be back in a minute with Brian Gerber from Hemper. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Brian Gerber from Hemper. And Brian, just before the break, you were talking about, you know, creating that experience for the subscribers, which gets them more involved. And there's always the novelty of the new products that are being mixed in and you know, I think I, I remember reading something um, and you take a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, each of the subscription boxes has a uh, hundred dollars worth of retail value uh, every month for uh, $40 as a subscription rate. That's fantastic. As you've gone along and had to learn about, you mentioned building eight different brands as part of Hemper, you know, that's a lot of lessons learned for other entrepreneurs about how to do it, but also what are the challenges and how, what, how do you make the decision about one, this is a new brand that we need to launch because it, the product is dissimilar enough that it requires its own brand. But secondly, how do you decide which products go into which brand? Totally. So this is a interesting exercise that we, and a lot of learning experiences for sure with the subscription box so we've amassed over thirty thousand subscribers so with the power behind the box we've been able to develop uh pretty unique products and we push them through the subscription box as if it's a kind of a trojan horse marketing outlet right. and the customer especially in today's market is very savvy and they're getting even savvier. So if you're not delivering real value and you try to frame a, a 20 cent item that it's worth 50 bucks, yep. you're going to get called out all day. So we don't even try to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. Okay. We really take pride in this. And so when we're really developing a product and whether it goes under the Hemper brand or a new brand, uh, the industry is kind of, you'll, as I explain this, so there's, you know, true brands, right? So that have, you know, that, so that every product they make is under the same exact brand, right? right? Then you have the one hit wonder products in the industry that the product is the brand, yep. right? So we've many, many late nights figuring out where, what bucket these go under, there's as i was saying earlier in the segment there's a lot of facets of uh smokers mm -hmm. uh you know there's email oriented there's male oriented there's uh color combinations you know uh if we put out a purple is that gonna you know piss off the male buyers if we put out a, a you know an orange is that gonna piss off the you know there's so many different things you need to and think about sure. before you launch products and Luckily, because of the box, you know, not everything's been a winner by any means, right? right? And Nothing, so, nobody ever has 100% winners. Exactly. And so, you know, we try things in the box and we get feedback initially back from the customers pretty quickly. We send out surveys, uh, we get the feedback, and then we really um, identify if we need to change the product in any way if we need to scrap the product, uh, 
or maybe it just was overreaching from the get-go, right? So we've developed certain brands, uh, for example, uh, Hemper Tech, which is our cleaning line of products. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's all these pocket markets, right? So there's uh, glass, there's cleaning, there's odor eliminating, there's storage, there's preparation goods. So the way I really started breaking this down was all these pocket markets are seven, eight, nine figure markets, mm -hmm. but it's how do you break into it? What's the right product? What's the right brand? And so, you know, we tried, you know, like everybody else in the last five years, tried starting a CBD brand called Rebel. Right. And it was actually one of the biggest failures, but it taught us a lot. Uh, it taught us that we don't need to play in every bucket. For one, uh, it taught us that don't have the shiny object syndrome where you see people bragging about how much money they're making, but in actuality, they're probably not making that much money exactly. at the end of the day. Did you buy the rebel.com domain? And I did not buy rebel.com. We used get rebel. Okay. Because um, I, I don't know yeah. if you know, but rebel.com sold around the year 2000 for half a million dollars and it was probably actually maybe even 99 that it sold and it was one of the most expensive domains sold to date at that point so i was just curious if you picked it up and how far it had dropped uh no i did not pick that up but hemper.com we just acquired and that was a pretty penny right uh <laughs> yeah well of course uh, they saw you actually, coming right they know you're already in the business so yeah, so we actually, you know, when we didn't have any money in 2018, uh, we went into an auction and it got up to like $50,000. And we basically looked at it and said, you know what, we just can't afford this, you yep. know. And so someone's been sitting on it for a couple of years now. And obviously they see the traffic, you know, that hemper.co gets. Yep. And so, you know, it's a smart business decision, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So, but it, it's important for the brand. You know, there's a lot of things to be said about customer confusion with .co's, obviously the parents.com, yep. but it's, you know, with the metaverse, it's things are, you know, everyone's got dot something nowadays. So, but at the end of the day, customers will go to .com. They will. And so it was really That's their first point of that. attempt, right? Exactly. So, so Hemper, you, you eventually expanded into also um, pre-rolls. Or yes. is that through a separate separate brand within the portfolio? Yes. So it's a separate company under the same parent corporation. Right. And uh, so we got this reputation for being able to manufacture products uh, and just really scrappy at figuring things out in terms of supply chain, manufacturing, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so we got an interesting opportunity we were supplying a lot of the big packaging companies with bongs, uh, for example, like Kush bottles and marijuana right. packaging. And when their business model was more geared towards uh, selling direct to dispensaries and when their business model started changing to the processors instead of the dispensaries, well, processors don't need bongs anymore. So no. we started seeing a trend and we hooked up with, um, a couple of these packaging companies and they basically told us, Hey, you know, there's this in the market for pre-rolled cones. There's only a couple suppliers. We know you're making glass in India. 
a lot of the cones in the market, if not all, are made by hand. Yeah. What can you guys do? Right. And so we took us, you know, you know, hail mary attempt basically. Um, and so it took us about six months to figure out the lay of the land. Uh, my business partner RJ went over to India and started understanding, you know, all the raw materials, every component that goes into what type of facility, what licensing we needed, what certifications. And it took us about six months to figure everything out, which right. doesn't sound long, but there was a lot of months along the way. And we probably made about 30 million pre-rolled cones before we made one perfect cone. Right. And once we started making a perfect cone is when things started turning around, which I would say about January of 2019, we started really getting recognized for being kind of the underdog in the cone opera, you know, the cone scheme of things. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, a market demand right now for over a hundred million cones a month just for the domestic market. So as a comparison, nobody, how, how many cigarettes get produced? Billions. For the U.S. market in a month. I don't know how many. Oh, I, I don't know how many U.S. cigarettes for the U.S. market alone, but I know it's billions of cigarettes per year oh, worldwide. Worldwide, I know it's just incredible. You know, it's just what, I'm try- what I was trying to take is, you know, just showing how the, you know, the usage has grown, but also how impactful that's going to be on the tobacco industry. Oh, it, the writing's been on the wall for a hundred years. I talked to a lot of upper level executives at these big tobacco companies. And frankly, a lot of them are pretty blunt and they say, I'm leaving over the course of the next six months Yeah, because they're all moving to publicly traded cannabis companies. They're moving to CBD companies, you know, the, the canopies of the world. Right. So it's been interesting seeing and understanding their perspective but like i said the writing's been on the wall for about 100 years now it's a dying market it's obviously still there um but a lot of these big tobacco companies they've made strategic investments uh and they're not you know (laughs) they're coming in Uh, you guys see it the consolidation is already happening across the industry of course you know, and the no, big no, consolidation will really happen when the uh, pharma companies are able to participate. Exactly. I mean, I'm waiting for the day where I can go to Walgreens and pick up my, you know, eighth of flour. Yep. Because, you know, dispensaries aren't in convenient locations. I don't, you know. No, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. So on that, though, yeah. we do have to take another break. But we'll be back in a minute with Brian Gerber, CEO of Hemper.com. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Brian Gerber. And Brian, um, you know, just before the break, we're talking a lot about the, of course, the changes coming to the market as tobacco companies, pharma companies, and larger, you know, CPG companies break in. Um, But you've managed to accomplish, you know, quite a lot. I mean, having a business of 60 million pre-rolls a month at this point is substantial and it stacks up, you know, very well against the market as a whole. Um, Of course, one thing I didn't ask earlier is where do you get your supply? So we actually only produce the empty shells. Okay. So we sell to 
processors. We sell to cannabis brands. I sell to big tobacco companies, uh, empty shells, basically. So uh, I like to say, keep it simple, stupid, right? And we're basically, you know, gluing two pieces of paper together uh, right. that then processors would fit cannabis. So right now we're producing about 60 million pre-rolls for the market, right. uh, but we are on track to be at 100 million by January and we aren't stopping there. Uh, our current open order book right yep. now is about 300 million companies with so, deposits in hand. So the, you'll supply the industry, producers in every state with their pre-rolls that then they'll fill for distribution. Correct, exactly. So, and then I also produce, so you're familiar with like brands like OCB or ZigZag yep. that do retail packs. So a, a three pack or a six pack so we produce all their cones as well. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's excellent. Yeah, both on the retail side and the commercial side. So we work with a lot of the big multi-state operators, a lot of the big vanity brands out in California. Uh, you name it, we're pretty much producing it for you at this point, whether you're coming direct or not. Right. And so, you know, that, that actually is an interesting break in the business because on the one hand, it's a you know, that's a very substantial wholesale side of the business. On the other, you've got a substantial subscription package with, I'm sure, you know, a lot of planning, not just for the whole year, but for holiday season coming up with specials. Yes, totally. And we actually have a really unique business model. Not many people have it where we touch both the direct to consumer side of the industry and the commercial B2B side as well. Right. So that's what makes us super unique. But um, walking through the holiday season, uh, we got a lot of awesome things coming out. Uh, but in particular for Black Friday, we're doing uh, buy one, get one half off our XL subscription hamper boxes, which is $150, um, but you're getting over $200 worth of value. Uh, you're getting a much larger piece, uh, comes with a 10 inch plus piece, plus an additional 10 plus core right. smoking, uh, smoking essentials. Uh, and every single box is themed. So, so then when people get a kit from you, um, they then need their supply to fill it. Do you make any recommendations? Do you direct people? Do you have any information that you share with regards to, you know, depending on the effect they're looking for, here's what you suggest? We don't dive too deep into that just because mm -hmm. of the separation between plant touching and non-plant touching. Yeah. But... Personally, I'm a huge uh, 710 Labs consumer, uh, love their stuff, super high quality. Uh, I was living in LA for a couple years. Now I'm living in Las Vegas. So the brands, not everything transfers over here quite yet. Right. Looking forward to the days when cross-state uh, shipping, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, but uh, that's going to be a ways off. We've got a lot to do before we get there, unfortunately. Yeah. We're, we're working on possibly some uh, subscription cannabis software behind the scenes, but that's still in development right now. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, you know, with regards to um, the different pieces, where do you feel you're going to spend more of your focus and attention over the next two years? Is it going to be in developing more of the wholesale side to supply the industry or a lot more into the subscription business. Where, where do you see the growth potential? Both actually, uh, the, 
on the cone side, the way you got to think about it is we're developing and building infrastructure that's never been there before. Right. And it's a unique opportunity because we're, you know, we're working on automation as everything's right now handmade. And it's going to be interesting to see how much more we can increase in capacity over the next two years through automation. But on the consumer facing side with Hemper, I mean, the market is exploding more and more consumers. I call them canicurious or walking into dispensaries daily. They're asking friends for advice. It's booming. You know, everything's rocking right now. So yep. I'm excited about both segments for us. That's, I, th I think there's a huge market in both. It's just, obviously it's going to require, it takes a lot of effort to keep uh, the mind on both sides of the business. I'm a, I'm a 24 seven guy. All right. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Hey, Brian, we're out of time for today, but I want to thank you for joining us on the green peak and to, for everybody for listening as well. Um, look forward to speaking with everybody again in the uh, near future. And Brian, I hope to meet you um, very soon as well. Thanks for coming Likewise, on today. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.